Very good morning, everyone. It is Friday, January 27, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. Hope you had a fantastic Australia Day yesterday. And, uh, well, plenty of sport on. And we've got a big weekend. We've got the uh, Big Bash Finals and uh, the Eliminator tonight. In fact, Sydney Thunder up against Brisbane Heat. And Clarkie's going to preview it all with us uh, later this morning. And, uh, well, we've had the All-Stars teams announced as well. It's coming up February 11 in Rotorua this year. Uh, the match between the Indigenous and Maori All-Stars. And uh, morning to you, Lozers. Did you miss it at all? Um, no, not really, Mitter. Um, had your time? I had my time, it? yeah. I was there for a long period of time. Uh, and it's great to see Ronnie Griffiths gets a chance to coach the All-Stars team. Uh, Ronnie's a young Aboriginal man that, has been in the system now for a couple of years, uh, been my assistant with the All-Stars for three or four. He's coaching the, well, he coached actually the uh, Newcastle Nightstraw Premiership victory in the NRLW last year. So uh, looking forward to seeing him get his opportunity. But there's two strong sides. When you look at it, what stands out is the back line again for the Indigenous All-Stars. We've always sort of been a little bit short in the forward, so they've had to recall... Uh, a guy like Ryan James, who's not playing in the NRL uh, this year, but running around, I think, with tweed heads in the QRL uh, because they are short on big bodies. Uh, but there's some exciting talent there, headlined by Latrell Mitchell. And then when you look at the Kiwi team, the Maori All-Star team, jeez, um, what about some of their forwards? James Fisher-Harris, Nelson Asofa, Solomona. Uh, Jared Wirra-Hargreaves, they've got some... Joe Tarpany, <laughs> you know, that that's where their strength is and it was there last year, but we're only, what, a couple of... Well, 24 hours away from the unofficial start to the trial season because Manly and the Dragons are having a run this weekend at Bookvale Oval. Oh, the Dragons have suffered another setback in the pre-season as well. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, uh, Pup, how's your day off, mate? Morning to you. Morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, happy Australia Day for everyone yesterday. Um, not pretty relaxing. Temperature, geez, it was warm. I think this weekend, as you mentioned, you know, and the weather's pretty warm as well. So, yeah, very Australian <laughs> yesterday. Sun shining. Uh, spent some time uh, at the beach in the morning and then just sat around my pool Um with some family, actually. So, very chilled day. Didn't do much, but, um, yeah, nice to nice to have a day off. Not that we've been back for long. No. Nah. It's good to have one, though, wasn't <laughs> a little it? four-day week to start. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Just easy. Uh, yeah. Now, I saw, uh, I think it was Wednesday, uh, this came to light, the ICC Test Teams of the Year, one-day teams, 2020 Teams yeah. of the Year, yeah. uh, were announced as far as Aussie inclusions are concerned in the Test side. Usman Kawaja. Marnus Labashane, Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon. Uh, the one-day international team of the year, Travis Head and Adam Zampa were in that. Uh, no Aussie in the 2020 team of the year. Uh, in, the, in the women's one-day international team of the year, there were just two Aussies, Beth Mooney and Alyssa Healy, despite the fact we're world champions and mm. pretty much dominate everyone. Mm. Uh, but uh, in the test side as well, Ben Stokes was named captain of the test side as <laughs> Baz Ball's coming to play in there. Changing the world over Is there. Brendan McCullum coach? Uh, I don't know if they named a coach, but <laughs> anyway, so we, you know, these mean very little, let's yeah, face it. They're... It doesn't mean much to the individual player. Um, it's always nice to be recognised, but you don't care too much about it. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, it goes on. I think they select on statistics more than anything else. Um, you know, you've, you obviously. You look at the way Steve Smith played, for example, and is playing. To me, he's in, you know. 
he's certainly in the top three batters in the world uh, in Test cricket uh, still. But he, obviously, statistically, he probably doesn't aim up compared to the guys they've picked. But um, yeah, I think it's one of those things you you say great if you make it. You say. You know, it doesn't matter if you don't make it. So uh, England have played some good cricket. Uh, I can't wait for that series. I think these next two uh, tours for Australia are going to be unbelievable. India in India, really tough series. It's going to be really good to see how these experienced batters go in those conditions. Um, And then England in England, nothing better than an Ashes series. We'll know exactly where we are, won't we, It'd by the end of this year. Great indication. Like yeah. I've said, if we can win both these, there's absolutely no doubt we are the best team in the world. Well, the India, I mean, let's face it, Clark, you're a part of, what, the only side in the last 40 to 50 years yeah. to, to, to have won a series in India, an Australian side to win a series in India in 2004. Um, it's that hard. It's that difficult. And you've spoken a few times about the fact we don't have a practice game over there leading into the first test. They leave on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah and the amazing, first test that. is ninth, yeah, the 9th of Feb. Start, yeah. So this is, uh, this is imminent. Mm. Yeah, less than two weeks until that first test match. I, I don't understand why we... There's been a big enough gap from our test series. The boys could be, the boys could be over there now playing in a tour game. So I wonder if that's... Uh, India didn't want them to do that or didn't organise. I know India's been playing a one-day series against, just finished a one-day series against New Zealand. Uh, obviously, our Aussie boys are playing in the, uh, in the in the BBL as well, which has been great for that tournament. But, yeah, it's a little strange. It, it'll be certainly the first time an Australian team's gone to India and hasn't played a tour game before, um, before, getting, over, before getting into the Test Series. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how we go. Uh, what the first test is like in regards to the pitch, the conditions. Uh, it'll be a, a drastic change to what we've just um, played in in Australia. So hopefully uh, the, the thing on our side is a lot of the guys have played a lot of cricket over there uh, where our batting unit's a bit older. Our, our, our bowlers have got you know, plenty of experience as well that um, hopefully we can just adapt and adjust to, to what's in front of us. Last night in the A-League, Sydney FC, crucial victory for them, beating Melbourne victory 2-1 at Amy Park. Uh, Jake Brimmer gave victory the lead with a stunning free kick after just 26 minutes. And then Max Burgess and Adam LaFondra scored to ensure the Sky Blues got all three points and victory remained last on the ladder. And now uh, Sydney FC move up to seventh, but they're just uh, out of the top six on goal difference. So it's pretty tight there in sort of the middle of the table there in the A-League. But uh, surely this eases pressure on Steve Corica-Loz, who uh, I know you're a big supporter mm. of. And, uh, well, with this talk that Dwight York is at, well leaving MacArthur, he's obviously gone from MacArthur and now could potentially end up at Sydney FC. But Steve Corica's there going, well, hang on, I'm the coach here. Well, I can't believe he's under pressure to save his job. I can, be- I can believe he's under pressure because they're not getting performance... Uh, that they want, um, and Steve would be disappointed with that. But you know he's he's got a fantastic record, and you know obviously they struggled this year and and last year. But again, you've got to take all things into consideration. Um, you know they've still got a lot of games to go between now and, and the finals. There's still a chance of making the finals. There they can go on a run. They've got a uh, a good squad. Um, I can't believe if they were to sack him, Dwight would be the man after. 13 games, I just can't get my head around that. Um, 
But I, I'm hoping that Sydney FC can go on a bit of a run now to take some pressure off Stevie Corica. He does a good job in handling that team, taking the pressure away from them, putting the pressure on himself. Uh, but the players need to take a bit of responsibility here as well. So on the back page of the Daily Telegraph, Iron Mike is the headline. Anger as stars hit for on-air comments. So a couple of players who've been mic'd up uh, for the uh, broadcast there of the BBL this season of uh, cop fines. So Dave Warner for a, a joke he made last, about the umpires last Saturday night in the Sydney Smash. He's copped a $5,000 fine for Cricket Australia. And uh, there was also Moses Enriquez copped $5,000 as well for well, swearing under his mic early in the season. So I can understand the players. I've got sympathy for the players here, pup. You know, you, you you get them involved in the broadcast, and as you know, in the heat of the moment, when you're competing, you're actually competing. Send Things happen, to, and now they're yeah. getting hit with fines. So I do, I have absolute sympathies with them here. Send the bill to Channel Seven; they'll pay it. Or Fox. Or Fox. Mm. Yeah, whoever's uh, whoever they're mic'd up with, send them that bill. Oh, I can't believe they've been fined. I mean, yeah. the thing about the BBL, and you hear it with the commentators, it's about having fun. Yeah. And if Dave Warner said something about the umpire, we all know it's in jest and we all know he's only mucking around in that situation. So, and with swearing, Moses swearing, in, in the battle, of course you're going to do it at times. I mean, you is might get any footballer that, up. Is there anybody that hasn't sworn? Do you, know, do you know a person that has not sworn? Do you know anyone oh, above the age no. of 16? No, I, was, I don't know anyone. Oh, my mother's pretty close. Your mum's never <laughs> sworn, you reckon? No, no. She's close, I said. Mm. Mate, that's well, like, come on. So, uh, look. Yeah. I'm not saying, I know there's kids listening and watching yeah. the games. I understand that. But in the heat of the battle, like, I don't know, maybe. Don't Mo- give them access. Yeah. Don't mate, give them access. That's exactly right. Like, maybe Moses at that time as well. He's forgot he's even mic'd up. Well, he's, the emotion of the game. like. I remember once with Mal in a State of Origin game. They asked whether he could, you know, they allow in the in the in the huddle. Yeah, uh, allow the TV cameras in the huddle, and and he swore, and there was a massive stink about it. But if you want that access, you can't be saying to the players in a game of cricket at the highest level, like well, they forget about it. Once you get out there into the battle, you're you're forgotten about being on camera or being mic'd up. What about if you're You're batting and you get hit? Oh, like you whack in the groin and oh, you swear like. But you're on mic. Like, what are they? What are you meant to do? What if you dive to take a catch and dislocate your shoulder, and you're mic'd up, and you swore, and you swear? Well, the only way to do it is stop the mic. That's what I'm saying. You got to, or you've got, it's got to be like stump mic. You got to be able to turn it up and turn it yeah. down. But, Which but, again, there's always. Well, I experienced that firsthand. Well, stump mic's meant to be off, but it was on. Exactly. So I, I don't think there's any way you're gonna. If you, if you want to mic mm. these players up, you've got to. It's give and take. You got to accept how good is it we've got the access, but. There's every chance that, you know, something might come out of their mouth that isn't perfect. But even that, like, you know, the frustration, the disappointment, the anger, the the joy, the excitement, I think that's part of it. You want all of it. That's why you want these players mic'd up. You want to get closer to the player. You want to know what they're going through in that moment. Right. But if the players are getting fined for this type of no, stuff... No, they'll stop doing it. They, that's exactly right. Yeah. They'll go to the Players Association and say, uh-uh. That's why I'd be very surprised stop. if Channel 7 or Fox, whoever they're mic'd up with, doesn't take this fine. Yeah. Exactly what happened to me with the stump mic. Channel 9 paid the fine. Yeah. Ah, oh, they did? Yeah, Channel okay. 9 paid my fine. Oh, good. Yeah. As they should have. As they should have. Exactly right. Yeah. It's, uh, well, of course, I admit 100% take accountability. I yeah. shouldn't have said that on oh. the stump mic, but... <laughs> 
It, it, it was meant to be off. I guarantee you, Clark, you know. and I know, I know it you know, embarrasses you, but for the vast majority of Australian cricket fans, oh. we loved yeah. it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you. Anyway, so and, and the other thing is with uh, Moses Enriquez, as Ben Horn's article points out here, he'd be suspended if it happened again. Yeah, then so, Moses, Moses won't take that risk. No, he, he's, If that's the case, the player will not wear, they won't get mic'd up. And, and again, the, the TV channel is also, they would have a couple of players per team that you'd want, ideally. So it's not like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll find another fish. player. You want the big fish. Exactly right. So, you know, if I'm Moses now after that, if it's costing me five grand and I'm being told if it happens again, I'm suspended, no way you're taking that risk. Mm. No, nah, for sure. Uh, also, gee, does controversy just hunt anyone like it does Novak Djokovic, seriously. He's got a semi-final today, uh, which uh, he is in unbelievable form. He is just marching towards his 10th Australian Open crown. He's a dollar five with Tab against American Tommy Paul, who's $10 later today. Uh, Kachanov and Zitsipas in the other semi-final. We'll speak to Roger Rasheed and preview it all later this morning. By the way, last night in the women's semi-finals, Elena Rybakina, the Wimbledon champion, beat two-time champion Victoria Azarenka, 7-6-6-3, and she will face Belarusian Anna Sabalenka in the final after Sabalenka beat Magda Lynette of Poland in straight sets as well. Sabalenka hasn't dropped a set on her march towards the final there at Melbourne Park. But uh, here we go with Djokovic. Joker's dad blasted over Putin flag disgrace. So there he was uh, uh, with some people holding up some Russian flags, which are not allowed. No Russian and Belarusian flags allowed. Uh, And I saw that the Olympics as well, the International Olympic Committee, uh, has banned Russian and Belarusian, well, recognising, I guess, their presence and their flags and anthems, etc., for athletes who compete for those nations for the next uh, summer and winter Olympics as Look, well. Novak's not everyone's cup of tea, but please, it's his father. It's not Novak. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's not Novak Djokovic doing this, being photographed and saying things to those supporters. It's his father. Mm. So, And I know that the link there, but... Why do we go down that path to tie him into it? Well, it's, it's a story because it's his dad, Loz. I know, but I, I mean, know that's, it's not him. That's but, not him. And, you know, it's obviously extremely sensitive issue considering uh, what's going and, on. And, and totally un- understand and, and totally get it. And, it. and it's wrong. And whatever punishment he is facing, he, sh- he should face. But it's nothing to do with jo- Djokovic. No, yeah. It's that's his father. True. Still a story. And it's though. outside the court. Mm. So I, I, I know it's a story, but why do we sort of start to, oh, you know, Novak this and Novak that? The story is about his father, and that should be on the front page, in the front section of the paper, about his father rather than Novak being a big part of the story, in my opinion. Yeah. Don't think it'll affect Novak at the moment. Oh, just make him more hungry. It, it's <laughs> he he does seem world. hungry, he loves, he? he? loves the fact that he can turn any situation, it's us against them mm. or us against me. You know, he, he strikes me as that type of player that the more that you want to have a crack at him, the tougher that he becomes and the more mentally stronger he becomes. And then he takes it upon himself to go out there and prove to people that they've got it wrong and I'm the best and I'm the greatest and 
here I am. No matter what you throw at me, you can't hurt me. On the back page of the City Morning Herald, I on the Paul. So a story there about Tommy Paul, the American who plays Novak Djokovic uh, later today. Also a sweet 16, Thunder having the last laugh. I think this was just after we went on leave for back in December, Clarky, when the City Thunder were bowled out for 15. And here they are, they got through to an eliminator tonight against the Brisbane Heat. So they've been cheered around the country whenever they... Their total reaches 16. <laughs> 15. What, what does that take you back to? Under, under 10s? Yeah, I don't know. You used to bowl I, some sides out for don't 15? Know, no, not really, because there's normally 20 sundries. So you, you <laughs> start with 20. <laughs> Wides, no balls, buys. So, yeah. Uh, well, 47 was pretty bad against South oh. Africa. 60 was pretty bad <laughs> against England. So I've been a part of some low ones, but yeah. Go the Thunder. Well, we'll <laughs> preview uh, these big bash finals with Clarkie later. Uh, why January 26 still hurts for recalled all-star James? Also on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald today. And as Loz mentioned earlier, so Brian James has recently retired, uh, answered an SOS for the Indigenous side. Uh, the other uh, interesting aspect to watch with this is the fact that Cody Walker is an assistant coach, got a dual role as well. So... Mm. Uh, I guess the hope is that one day he could graduate and be an NRL coach, Loz. Well, I think that's the idea of you know, giving guys like Ronnie the opportunity to coach and Cody now assistant is we want to see more Indigenous coaches in the NRL. Uh, Arthur Beetson was the last, I think, um, and there hasn't been too many more. Um, but this is a path that Cody wants to go down and it gives him a great opportunity to be involved in a all-Stars game, but also have that extra responsibility of being able to coach during the week and see what goes into it. Um, although it'll be a little bit different because there's a lot of cultural stuff that they will find happens this week rather than the coaching aspect of it. Um, but I think it's good that players are now doing their coaching certificates. They want to get involved in the game. And the more people we can have involved in the game, the better because we can utilise their knowledge that they've gained over their careers.